Thanks a lot for joining us. I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is News Unbroken. All right, we, I am in Northeast Washington, and so we will talk uh, quite a bit, often about activities and things going on around the uh, Stevens County area in Northeast Washington, but uh, we do want to cover things that relate are affecting America, affecting Washington State, and right here in our area. First off, yesterday was General Election Day, and all is not lost. Things, I think we have reached the peak, the plateau, and we are coming back down to people thinking sensibly. All across the state of Washington, there was an advisory vote. And those advisory votes centered around, well, of course, Washington State collecting more taxes. And it was very refreshing to see most all of the state saying no to more taxes. All right, first off, we want to uh, talk about the advisory vote 36. This had a telephone line increase in taxes, and this was to fund behavioral health response and suicide prevention. Well, that is an area that very much needs attention, but it doesn't need a new tax. All across the state of Washington, people rejected it. They said repeal that increase in telephone tax, with the exception, as you might expect, from King County and also from Jefferson County. Well, Jefferson County includes Port Townsend. I'm not sure if it's Port Townsend or if it's the rest of Jefferson County that has lost their minds because just north of them, up in the Squim Port Angeles area, they repealed all of these advisory votes. But I'll tell you what, Jefferson County voted to maintain all of the tax increases. So that, across the state of Washington, the voters, it's an advisory vote, the voters say no increase to telephone line taxes. The state income tax, the state calls it a capital gains tax. They wanted a 7% tax on capital gains. Well, just kind of the uh, uh, leading up to a full-fledged income tax, the voters, even in King County, said, no, repeal that. We do not want an income tax. We do not want a capital gains tax. Even King County voted no on that. Of course, there's a lot of ballots still to count. But King County voted 51.4% to repeal that capital gains tax. There was one county in the state 
that says, yeah, bring on the income tax. Jefferson County, what is what is wrong with the people of Port Townsend and the people in Jefferson County? They are the only county in the state that said, yeah, bring on the income tax. The advisory vote to impose a tax on captive insurers, King County and Jefferson County, the only two counties that voted yes, that right now is at a 59% repeal, 63% statewide say no capital gains tax, no income tax, and 57% say no increase in the telephone line tax. Even King County is coming around here in the state of Washington to looking at no more taxes. We've got enough regulations as it is. We've got enough taxes as it is. Make do with what you have, state of Washington. The election, the general election yesterday just points that out. If we want to take here a look at northeast Washington, particularly in Stevens County, it was a 79%, an 82%, and an 81% all repeal those increases in taxes. So the people in the state of Washington have said enough is enough. What kind of candidate can win in Seattle? Well, the past few years, it's been crazy people. The moderate candidates leading in the Seattle election returns, a lot of debate, the city's problems, homelessness, policing, racial, economic, they claim injustice, well, the mayor's race yesterday said, uh, we want to fund the police. We want protection. We're tired of all these riots and property damage in downtown. Bruce Harrell, former city council president, substantially leading Lorena Gonzalez. Now, Harrell has criticized his opponent for supporting the goal of cutting the Seattle police budget in half. The normally low-key contest for city attorney, it got a lot of attention too. Ann Davison leading the uh, police and jail abolitionist Nicole Kennedy, Davison, has said that uh, Kennedy's policies would jeopardize public safety. No kidding. So the people with common sense actually are leading in the Seattle elections. That is good news for the entire state of Washington. I'll tell you because the way that Snohomish and King County go, and you want to throw in Thurston County in that, the population base is there. 
And if they, you know, are leaning so far left that it's the socialists and communists and those that are dominating the councils, well, that's kind of the direction the state of Washington was going. The people in Seattle say they've had enough. They want the moderates back in power. Here in uh, northeast Washington, we've had a lot of deer issues this year, a disease and that. Well, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, we had a chance to talk with Anne-Marie Prince. She is a district biologist with the Colville Office for Fish and Wildlife, answers questions about, well, the signs have been up for hunter check stations. We get a lot of questions at WDFW from members of the public on a variety of topics. We've had several people ask, what's the deal with the hunter check station signs they've seen recently? Hunter check stations are an important tool for gathering information to be used in wildlife management. Except for during the first year of the COVID pandemic, WDFW has hunter check stations every year in popular hunting areas, including Northeast Washington. This year, we are operating more check stations than normal to check harvested deer for chronic wasting disease, known as CWD. CWD is a fatal illness of deer, elk, moose, and caribou caused by mutated proteins known as prions, which can be transmitted between animals directly or indirectly through contaminated environments. CWD hasn't been detected in Washington state to date, but there have been confirmed cases in many states, including as close as us to Western Montana. Staff and volunteers have collected over 200 CWD samples from deer that died of blue tongue or EHD this summer, were harvested by hunters or hit by vehicles. But we still need many more samples to reach our goal of 1,200 samples throughout the surveillance area. So please stop at a check station if you harvest a deer. And please stop even if you didn't. Check stations allow us to get feedback on how the season's going and answer questions from hunters. They also provide an opportunity to tell us what you're seeing out in the woods. And don't worry, we won't give away your secret hunting spot if you tell us where you were. So we can also help you determine the age of your deer at check stations, and we have certificates for those harvesting their first deer. We want check stations to be useful, not just for us, the biologists, but also for hunters. So give us a few minutes of your time and stop to chat. So you can find a list of check station times and locations at wdfw.wa.gov forward slash CWD. And if you have a question for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, send it to publicaffairs at dfw.wa.gov or call 509-563-5495. One question a week will be answered on the air. And please include an email address or phone number because you can win a prize for asking questions. There will be a random drawing each week of people who submit questions. And if your name is drawn, you win a can of bear spray to take with you on your outdoor adventures. So in the meantime, don't forget that you can find a lot of answers to fish, wildlife, and habitat questions at wdfw.wa.gov.
Tune in to the news Wednesdays at 7, 8, noon, and 5 for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife Wildlife Question of the Week. Email questions you have on fish, wildlife, habitat, hunting, and more to publicaffairs at dfw.wa.gov or call 509-563-5495 and we will answer one question every Wednesday. All right, we're going to try and talk with the uh, Washington State uh, Fish and Wildlife folks on Wednesdays, get updates on, uh, you know, hunting conditions and when the season is right, fishing conditions, things like that, uh, with a question of the week with the uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife. Have we reached the housing bubble and is it ready to collapse? Zillow, they say they will stop buying and selling homes. They are citing the unpredictability of forecasting housing prices. The Seattle-based real estate information company said that they will wind down their Zillow offers unit. And they say it's going to take uh, some quarters to totally get rid of it. But they say it also is going to reduce the company's workforce by 25%. The Zillow CEO said the unpredictability in forecasting home prices far exceeded what the company anticipated. They're scaling the business it, it, it would lead to too much volatility in Zillow earnings. So this comes about two weeks after Zillow said they would pause buying homes through at least the end of the year. They cite a backlog in renovations and other operations. They're having trouble just like everybody else. They say labor and supply constraints are slowing things down, but Zillow going to stop buying and selling homes. I do want to mention a couple other things today before we go. Um, the state of Washington, now this is the first in the country, the state of Washington's had a lot of firsts these last two years with our our tyrant governor that we have, but and an attorney general that is an absolute lunatic. The uh, a prison company ordered to pay more than twenty three million dollars. They have the immigration lockup here in Washington State. A judge ordering the group to give the state of Washington 5.9 million that in addition to the 17.3 million Washington state minimum wage has to be paid to the detainees the illegals that were in that facility now some of these people likely did stay in the country. They weren't all shipped back to Mexico. But this is where the illegals go as a detainee. But if you have the detainee serve food or 
or uh, do cleaning or do anything, now they have to be paid Washington State minimum wage and $23 million, almost $6 million given to the state for having to bring the lawsuit and $17.3 million in back pay going to the detainees and former detainees at this federal Northwest Detention Center. And one other uh, quick thing, and I haven't been able to, I haven't looked at it really thoroughly yet, the judge finding the new congressional districts passed by the Oregon Democrats does meet legal criteria. They say there was not blatant gerrymandering. Well, you know what the Democrats were doing. They, they get an extra House seat because the population increases. Now, this, this ruling by a retired state judge, it's not going to be the final word. It's an ongoing lawsuit. The Republicans seeking to have the new six-district congressional maps redrawn but this special master, a retired judge in the case, he made the findings of fact, and he's turning those findings of fact over to a five-judge panel, and then they are going to decide the outcome. Following this last census, Oregon got an additional seat in the House. They go from five to six. And right now, there's four Democrats in the House from Oregon and one Republican. Of course, uh, Oregon, very much like Washington, the east side of the state is entirely different than the coastal west side. So we'll keep an eye on that redistricting map for Oregon. We've got other things that uh, are coming up. We do appreciate your uh, joining us here News Unbroken. I'm Eric Carpenter. We're here in Northeast Washington. We appreciate your joining us and uh, welcome your uh, input on things that uh, you want uh, to see covered. We're, it's going to take us uh, several days to put one story together, but a uh, listener brought us information that has really blown up into what uh, here in Washington State could be a huge issue. So thanks for joining us, and uh, I'll be back again with News Unbroken.